welcome, mighty listeners. It's episode 34. I am feeling at the pinnacle of health, um, <laughs> which we'll get on to later. Ben, how are you? I'm all right, dude. Yeah. Yeah, good. So we are joining you. We've just come back um, from Warhammer World, our weekend away uh, that we do in the November. So lots to talk about tonight. Um, as ever, we'll chat on the hobby desk. I've been doing blood and snow and more blood and more snow and ben's been doing tiny robots um into the galaxy of war so we both played some 40k and i've played some heresy as well and ben's played titanicus so lots has been going on there to talk about and um in the mortal realms we've both been playing age of sigmar yeah. uh you're in love with your more crusher aren't you dude oh mate <laughs> oh, yeah <laughs> community as ever um some shout outs to do and some event stuff and finally into the wilds this week and we talk about a kickstarter that we've seen um from is it fire fireforge fireforge yeah fireforge games so yeah it's gonna be a good one isn't it dude i think so absolutely and, cool. and our so, microphones are on the right one this time <laughs> yeah we put the microphones on the right one there's some preparation gone into that um i've got ben my green tea uh, green tea you know that's where i'm at yeah yeah just you know i'm going through a bit of a detox dude don't blame you (laughs) (laughs) so guys as always grab some refreshments and we will see you on the hobby desk My head is absolutely fine. My uh, my neck and my back, less so. Uh, I feel like I was playing Blood Bowl and a dwarf death roller took me out <laughs> a little bit. Um, so what it isn't is Saturday night when we were supposed to record. What it is is Monday morning, <laughs> which is about the time it took for Dan to recover from Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to uh, Hobby Desk number thirty-four, um, and we've got to go, we've got a fair bit to go through the, today about just hobby we've been up to. So um, it's going to be pretty exciting. Um, Dan has. Do you want to start off because you've done a video on your snow? Yeah, yeah, I'll start. So um, essentially, what I decided was, well, I was working on my blood firster, and I got him finished, which was a massive. I'm so happy to have got him finished because he's been. Did you hear the choir of angels like? <laughs> La, la, la. <laughs> demons i think demons dan has finished a project <laughs> yeah absolutely so um i i'm up over the moon to get him done he's been hanging around for a little bit of time now um but he is done now so that's cool um but having finished him you know obviously i did like the snow and the, the blood and stuff on him and I thought, well, we're going to Warhammer World and I've got a week off before I go to Warhammer World. So wouldn't it be cool to do what I've said I was going to do for ages and do all the snow and blood across the whole army? Um, yeah. So initially that was I was going to do it across the army I actually wanted to take, the army list. But then as I was doing it, I thought, well, this is silly. I might as well do all of the Age of Sigma stuff. So the demons and all the mortals, um, which I did. So I mixed up a big batch of snow. Um, and I used it all. And so I mixed up another one. I did a on the hobby desk video to show how, how I mix up my snow 
um, as ever, you know, it's the pinnacle of uh, video editing technology going on. But it does show... (laughs) (laughs) BBC documentaries eat your heart out. (laughs) It is, yeah. Yeah, that's it. So, um, it's... um, It's a great snow mix, dude. I really like it. I really like it, man. I'm really happy with it. I think it looks a lot more... Well, as I said in the video, it's a lot glossier or shinier or looks fresher than Valhalla Blizzard, which is perhaps a little bit matte, a bit flat sometimes. Um, It's... I think Valhalla and Blizzard looks absolutely superb when you get it out of the pot and put it on the model. Yeah. And then when you come back to it a week later, you're like... Uh. Yeah, and well, you can fix that a little bit with a little bit of gloss varnish. Um, yeah, you can. And as I said in my video, um, you know, Valhalla and Blizzard is a great product and it's really cool that Games Workshop have done it because it makes something accessible for people, much like a lot of their things yeah. do. Um, however, when you are doing an army project and using quite a lot of snow as opposed to little spots of it here and there. Um, it is, it's not the most cost effective way to do it. Um, and also I just, I think you can like, I, so I use Vallejo still water in mine and that gives it a bit of a shine and it makes it look a yeah. little bit more. It's a little bit like, you know, when it snows and then a couple of days later, when it's all starting to melt, um, yeah, it's like it's it's like that, um, yeah. And well, I I think I've I worked out that to do what I did over the last few days, I'd have needed something like ooh, eight or nine pots of Valhalla Blizzard, um, which is a which lot. is a lot of Valhalla Blizzard. <laughs> so um, about forty quid's worth of Valhalla Blizzard. Yeah, so. But mm. the army's done. Um, the blood is done as well. So I mixed up, um, got blood for the blood gob, mixed it with a little bit of null oil, and then picked it up on a brush and used my airbrush to shoot air through yeah. and blood splatter everything, um, which went quite well. I was pleased with that. Uh, made a lot of mess. Looks like a little crime scene on my hobby, hobby desk. <laughs> That's a, um, excellent. But I got it all done. Um, and I was over the moon, mate. I'm so happy because... Oh, the other thing I did is I finished magnetising all the bases. Um, so for those people that don't know, I tend to steer away from foam storage now for my miniatures. Mainly because, especially these days, the models are uh, delicate, I suppose. And they've got lots of like bits flinging off all over the place. I mean, my blood first is, um blood flail is so delicate... And any pressure, even from foam, I worry about. Um, it wibbles when you move it. It does it wibble can... when you move it. So I magnetise everything <laughs> <laughs> into really useful boxes. Um, yeah. So I find that I find that good. I I went. I had to go to a, an outlet store on Thursday night. A, a, a what's a stationary outlet store? It's called Office Outlet. That's right. And um, buy a nineteen liter. Uh, one because I needed more height because the blood first is really high, but that's quite cool because that now fits my blood first and my chitin in. Um, so the chitin doesn't need to go in the baby seat anymore. No, the chitin <laughs> doesn't go in the baby seat anymore. And I used MDF. I used to use two P's, but I found some MDF bases that I bought for something. I don't know what I was planning to do with them. Um, and 
they fill in a base quite nicely underneath a Games Workshop oh, base. Right. So they fill in the base so that then you can put the magnetic like disc on the bottom. Yeah. Um, at, what, the 32mm or the 25mm? Any. It depends which... You, you just get different sizes. Because you can buy MDF round bases real cheap at various different thicknesses um, and various different diameters. Yeah. So you can get whatever you need. The only thing I would say is... Um, less weight. It, it's Well, it is less weight, but that's not too bad a thing. Because actually, when I've got all the snow and all on, and a lot of my guys have like rocks and stuff on their bases, they've got enough weight. But um, with a Games Workshop base, if you turn it over, you'll see that like they print like Games Workshop, you know, 20 whatever... And on some of them, especially the 40 mil bases, there's like little injection ports and stuff. Yeah. I Moving forward, I will be clearing all of that off the bottom of the base prior to doing the base because holding my blood first, they're fully constructed upside down while I used a hobby knife to get rid of all of that was a hairy moment. <laughs> so, mm. um, but yeah, so they're all done. Um some of the old metal models use those injection ports as, as like peg holes. They do. So you'd ha- you'd, I think it'd be a good idea to be thinking about that before you attach the model onto the base. Yeah. There's There's been a number of ones that I've pinned, but then you can cut the magnet around that kind of stuff, I suppose, can't yeah, you, if you needed yeah, to? Yeah, absolutely. Or, um, so the magnet itself is actually sat right at the bottom, almost, like if you look at one of my models, probably... A fraction of a mil, probably I don't know, twenty point two five of a mil. They are they are, they sit above tabletop level because the magnets there. Yeah. So actually, if you've got something like that, I would just fill the base with a modelling putty because that will obviously because that will go around the whatever's in there, the pin or whatever like that. Um, probably make yeah. it even sturdier, and then just put the magnet on over that. You don't need to put the MDF in. It's just a quick way of doing it when you've got a lot of models that don't have any pins and stuff. Well, it's quite easy to drill out the hole in the MDF as well and stick it through that too. Yeah, yeah, you could do that. I suppose if you actually did that before you even mounted the model. So you're, yeah, going back to what you've originally said, thinking about that before you even do the model is is the right way to do it, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, so that that was quite a mega project which I was pleased to get finished off. And I totally didn't think you were going to do it. <laughs> I really didn't. When you posted that picture on Monday and was like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do in the week. And I was like, yeah, and I'll be transported to warm world on a flock of flying angels. Uh, well, so one thing that I had originally planned to do was edge highlight the brass because on my newer models, I, I edge highlight the brass with Stormhost silver, but I didn't used to do that. Um, and it just didn't have the same sheen. But what I found was when I went back over the miniatures that I had originally um, varnished with Tester's dull coat, and I applied a one-to-one gloss to matte Vallejo varnish over them, they re- it really brought them to life. And yeah, they looked a lot better. Yeah, and I just felt it, overall, did I want to spend? hours edge highlighting models which look great well i thought they look great um no not really (laughs) because i'd rather add like a a new unit to the army which is what 
is equivalent time. So I didn't have to do any of that in the end. So it was literally just a lot of snow, lots of little um, purple flowers and blood that I did all week. You got to watch out with them flowers though, because with the snow being with the lick, the snow's got the water in. Those flowers bleed colour into the snow. Mm. Um. So, I I mean I was able to cover up a lot of that with um blood. blood. Now you could argue mm. you could put the snow on and then put the flowers on, but you don't really want you want it to look like the snow is around the flowers a bit. So you yeah, need to put, on on the flowers. Yeah, too. so yeah. you need to put them on first. So, um, that's interesting. I wonder if there's a way you could sort of varnish the flowers before you put them on the model to seal them. Yeah, possibly. Actually, yeah. that's not a bad idea. I might try that. Actually, I might try that just Something... as an experiment because I've got loads of those flowers. I just put a few on it because they come obviously attached to a sheet, sheet yeah. don't they? So I could try it on a few, and if it works, you could literally just get the sheet of flowers and spray them with the varnish. Yeah. That's a good idea. I'm going to try that. So, yeah, that's um, <laughs> that's Blood and Snow, which was, was fun. And and the name of the next Games Workshop book. Yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> does sound like that, doesn't it? And um, now I have, since we got back um, this morning, I have been preparing my Heldrake. So it was mostly built. So I finished it off and I've put all the various bits of it on sticks and it's currently sat downstairs waiting for me to take it out in the garden and spray undercoat it. Ready. Ooh, Heldrake. Yeah. I'm going to try something a bit different on that one. So normally, traditionally, all my corn is spray undercoated corn red um, with the airbrush now because they, they don't make the paint and the can anymore, the rattle can. Um, and then I go in and I pick out all of the details, like the metals and the brass and all the rats, all of that bone. And then I wash it all with Agrax Earthshade and then work my way through building it back up. Um, and yeah. I'm happy with that. But because there's so much edge banding stuff on the Heldrake. And there is so much edge there's loads. on the Heldrake. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to spray it Belfazar Gold. And um, then I'm going to wash it, Agrax. Then I'm going to go back with the airbrush with Sycorax Bronze, which is the, the 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 layer I use, and put that on with the airbrush. Um, and then go in and paint the panels red with the yeah. brush. I just think it'll be quicker. In fact, I might even... I think I it'll might, be a lot quicker. Yeah, I might even do the banding... The, the bronze and do the silvers at the same time. Um, yeah. I'll have a look at it and see what I think the impact of the overspray from the airbrush will be. Yeah, and then go back in and do the reds. So, I think that's going to be a much faster way of doing well, it. Well, I want it to be fast because I want to do another one. I want two. Um, so I don't, I don't want it to be an absolute pain in the bum because I won't do it. <laughs> anyway, I've been rabbiting on about my stuff for a little while, and, and to be fair, people can, you know, if you want to see any more detail, whatever, just go check out the video on YouTube. So you, you've been doing Titans. Well, start, yeah, first week I was doing buildings. Oh, yes, yeah. So um, I got the buildings done from Titanicus, which I'm actually I'm pleased about on a lot of levels, because um, 
I have a real habit when approaching a box set of, of not doing the scenery. Just leaving the tokens and the scenery and not being bothered with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, my Necromunda box set is a really good example of that. I've got all those bulkheads to do. Largely, I, I didn't tackle those because I got cross because the, the, um, undercoat spray furred up. Ah. Um, and I had to strip back the Escher to, to re-undercoat them. Um, so I got in a bit of a strop. Um, and I couldn't be bothered to do it with the, the buildings, uh, with the bulkheads and the doors. But, you know, I can, I'll go back and I'll, I'll do them because it's, uh, we played Necromunda at the weekend and I really wanted to have it all done. Yeah. Um, but this time I decided because the Grandmaster box set was, it was the end result of a lot of negotiation and, um, cause it was a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> and, there was a big part of me that was like, it will get painted. All of it. Every single bit of it. Um, and I, even now playing the game at the weekend, I'm going to be going back and, um, spray undercoating or spraying. Cause there's lots of kind of Christmassy gold spray cans around at the moment. Yeah. I might go out and get a cheap one of those and spray, uh, I, all the pips, silver or gold, so they stand out a bit more on the terminals. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, they're done. They, I wanted them to match the kind of Martian post-apocalyptic-y, post-war, desert-y kind of look. So I, I had this idea of a, a building that would have looked lovely in grey stone and with bronze trim and it'd all be shiny and then over the years they've just got covered in Martian dust so they're all red and grimy um so I mostly I undercoated them with Halford's grey like I do most things and then picked out all the edging and screaming skull which took hours that was the longest bit and that's a new form of purgatory doing that but um <laughs> once I once I got past that I was just using washes and um and powders to get the, the effect I wanted. And I think they turned out really well. Um, I, it didn't take anywhere near as long as I expected. Um, so I'm really chuffed with them. Yeah, well, I think they look good. Did you decide to do the glow in the end on the windows? I didn't, know Because it's about bang for your buck, really. Yeah. And it would have looked awesome if I'd have gone and done all of the OSL from every all the windows, I was going to do like red emergency lighting coming from the windows and the lights on the outside. But what, what would I have achieved in doing that really for what I wanted to, what the end result was going to be? Um, well, and it's something that you could always go back and do if you wanted, couldn't you? It is. And, yeah, and, it and, is. and like, so they look great as they are. Um, but there's, a bit like what I was saying with doing the brass on my guys and Hedge Highland it, it It's kind of that trade-off, isn't it? You could spend the time doing that or getting something that currently you, is either yeah. unconstructed or in grey plastic done, yeah. couldn't you? And, and well, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which, which leads me on to what my, the goal was for this weekend gone, was to have um, all of my Titans ready to go so they were tabletop not finished but enough that you know when people walked past they didn't go why are they using grey models in um, Warhammer World because 
I'm a bit old-fashioned. I don't think that somewhere like that you shouldn't be using unpainted models, but I can understand why people do, because they want to get their armies on the table and try them out, but... Yeah, it's, it's a know. personal. Like we're, I, we're from... I agree. Like I, for what it's worth, I totally, one hundred percent agree with you. I would not dream of using an unpainted miniature at Warhammer World. And apart from, we did once, but that's because it was the day after Age of Sigmar came out, and we constructed everything and undercoated it, and drove up to Warhammer World to play play our first ever game of Age of Sigmar, um, which was a little bit different. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sadly, we were the only people playing it as well. But anyway, not that is uh, not the case anymore, which is good. Um, yeah. So they, they, I got my Titans on Monday, and um, constructed them on Tuesday, and painted them on Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah. So <laughs> you did amazing, mate. And I was extremely tired when yes. we were driving up on Friday. Um, but they Not as tired as uh, I was driving back. No. Or being driven so back. Sorting out the airbrush was a... I, I'm not... I'm no airbrush master, uh, but it does frustrate me how I can... I've got a decent airbrush, a decent compressor, and I still struggle with so many things about it that... Um, that I shouldn't be, and it really frustrates me because when I'm around your house, I don't seem to have those problems yeah. ever. <laughs> um, I, and I don't know why. Maybe it's the environment in the shed, or maybe it's because I was rushing a little bit. But yeah, it's frustrating. But they, I think the airbrushing on them looks okay, so I'm quite happy with them. Um, I feel like the basics done. But um, today, this afternoon, I'm going to be uh, finishing off the like the metal work on them mm-hmm. or the steel. Um, and hopefully getting most of the edge highlighting done, and then over the week going, well, not edge highlighting, all the banding done, and then and then put the transfers down, and spend the week weathering them and doing all the detailing. So they might be done by the end of the week, um, which would be quite cool. I am so impressed with the Warhound kit. Uh, the Reaver had its issues, yeah, um, but there were issues that weren't to do with the kit; they were to do with I think there's a there's a problem, a, a fundamental problem with the War Warlord and the and the Reaver kit, in that they allow you to do so much with them that it can actually become a problem. <laughs> and I'll explain myself. So the the legs on the Warlord and the Reaver are f- are fully articulated, so you you can you can position them doing the can can if you wanted to. Yeah. Um. But. You can do that with the superstructure, the substructure, like the um, the actual kind of core of the model. But when you put the armor plates on, they can bind up in places because really the leg isn't designed to do that. Yeah. Um, so you you can get yourself in a pickle, sort of putting it in a position, and then be trying to put the leg the leg plating on. And with the reaver, the, the the plates there's two half plates, and they meet in the middle at the front. If that doesn't line up perfectly, it looks rubbish. Um, so that. That's, that I struggled to get that right actually, because um, I put I'd done them in two poses that I didn't think were all that adventurous. One's walking at quite a full stride, and the other was sort of bracing itself to fire. And um, I still had trouble getting them on really, um, but once they were on, they looked fine. Um, whereas the Warhound is just glorious. <laughs> it's so easy. I, I reckon you could do a squad of Warhounds. 
under the time it would take me to do a squad of, of Primaris. Well, well by squad, I mean five. Yeah, let's see how um how long it takes to do the banding first. Well, there's not much of it. That's the thing. Oh, good. I mean, there really isn't. It's 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 not like the Warlord where you look at it and you want to cry because there's so much of it that you know, and you're there for a day practically picking it all out, but. It's nowhere near as much. I mean, the Reaver's got a fair bit on it, but... Well, maybe um, maybe I'll uh, change my Legio and do the... Um, is it Legio Ardex? The, the the ones that fought alongside the World Eaters in Heresy, but they only had Warhounds. They didn't have any of the other Titans. <laughs> yeah. It would be worth it. it was, I, I'm intending to do a lot more Warhounds. Yeah. I really am. Yeah. Because of it. So... Ace. Um, and looking, looking forward over the next couple of weeks, once I've done that this week, I'm going to be, um, I'm going to be chipping away at my space walls again. I've decided. I've been, I'm in an hour and a what to do. I was going to do Blackstone Fortress. Um, I probably will still, you know, tinker with some of the models in Blackstone Fortress, but, um, I'm going to be doing some space walls because I've got, got a list to get ready for the near future. <laughs> well, we'll cover that off, um, when we get into the Galaxy of War, um, we'll have a chat about why that is the case. But that's good. It's nice to hear you're going to go back to your Space Wolves. So did we see anything over the weekend, hobby-wise, that we're really excited? Did you see anything that's really excited you? Any th- well, there was a Warlord Titan that looked very good. Um, it was, very nice. Yeah. Although, I'm, I'm, I have to be honest, as a display piece, it is glorious. Wonderful. Um, but as a gaming piece, I'm still not convinced because I just... It's all about the scale for me of like, if a Warlord Titan is there, then there should be, you know, hundreds of Space Marines and thousands of Guardsmen and all the rest of it just in my head. And it's just a personal thing. And the games that was being played, whilst it looked cool, it was just like Knights and Titans. And then there was a Custode Army and it all looked lovely, but it just didn't work in my head but that's just a personal thing it's, you know not enough dead bodies no no <laughs> um they did look stunning y- uh, it's incredible that that table was it was like a display table yeah it was it was it was so, very good so nice it was very good yeah yeah it was nice what about you um well i did like that a lot um i saw a number of little things that i might nick <laughs> steal um I think the thing that impressed me most in person was was Tom's Necromunda, actually. Yeah. They are significantly better in person than they are in the photographs. Really work very, very well indeed. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Yep, lovely. So, um, shall we head on to the Galaxy I Ball? think we should. There's lots to talk about in there. So, um, let, let's go to that dark galaxy. Dun, dun, dun. Right, welcome then to the grim darkness, and we've got lots to. Uh, you could have finished your mouthful of crisps for God's sake. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I can eat them. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we have yeah. to keep the professional level mm-hmm. as low as it always is. <laughs> Rock bottom, then. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So. Thank you for that embarrassing moment. That's all right. Um, You're welcome anytime, dude. <laughs> so, we have been playing some games. 
Have we not? Not against we... each other, though. No, well, you were struggling on Sunday, so... Uh... Well, and, and you just started playing Ross instead of playing me at Blood Bowl, which is what you'd arranged to do. But that's all right. I'm I'm over it, you... as you can tell. No way. No, absolutely. You, were... you said four o'clock. Four o'clock. You wanted to play Blood Bowl, didn't you? Well, in... yeah, I don't remember. Okay. Anyway, I don't remember. <laughs> so Galaxy of War. Um, I played some Heresy this weekend, dude. You did. Oh my days! Does your two armies look amazing on that battlefield? Thank you. Oh, that actually that reminds me. I wanted to talk about battlefields. So. I have to say, I love Warhammer World, as you can imagine. I love the upstairs bit and the museum-y bit, or the miniatures hall or what have you. Um, I love the fact it looks like a castle. I love the shops because they're full of stuff. And I love the display table or the feature tables in the hall. But the general tables, I was so happy to be talking to the team there and hear that they're going to sort them out um, and they're going to re-theme them. Yeah. Because to be honest, I've got better terrain at home, and that isn't good enough. Not for Warhammer World, in my no. opinion. Um, you know, I'm not saying everyone should be a feature table because actually, beautiful as they are, they are they are at on. times difficult to play on. Yeah, but what was nice is they were saying they were going to like theme them, so maybe do like eight tables all based in a lava theme, and another eight tables all based in like a jungle theme, and I think that sounds excellent. Um, and I'm really looking forward to it. So I, I just had to have that moment um, there. But yeah, we did. We played some Heresy. Uh, my Salamanders versus Ben, Ben Bases White Scars. And it came... I actually won, which is unbelievable, by about a point. I think it came down to the fact that I'd slain his Warlord. Yeah. But it was really good. It was nice to play Heresy. Um... Reminded me just how bloodthirsty it is. The amount of stuff that died was unbelievable. Um, just things blowing up all over the place. Um, reminded me why I love Ape, though. Because things like firing arcs on vehicles and blast templates. I was like, oh. oh. <laughs> but um, And it made me want to do a World Eaters army. For, uh, for heresy. Uh, why am I not surprised? <laughs> so um yeah it was a good game um and then i played ross at um 40k in the afternoon against his blood angels and that was also a good game and came down it was 14 points to me and 16 points to ross at the end so another very close game i have to say though I well, I I said to him, didn't I, on the Sunday? I was like, "Why have you got to bring all the hell blasters and half of the command of the chapter? It's outrageous." Because uh, they were ridiculous. You played them, didn't you? Yeah, that hell blaster ba- battle sort of gun line is is a tidy little thing with the captain and the banner and the lieutenant. lieutenant it's just yeah. like, oh goodness me, um, they were brutal, but. Hey ho, um, I used my three hell brutes. They, well, one of them fire frenzied twice in, into 
um, a unit of five Primaris and kill one. So that's eight Laz Cannon shots. <laughs> Killing one. Yeah. So that was disappointing. Um, don't charge tanks with a Demon Prince with Malefic Talons. It won't work. That's another thing that I learnt, which was good. <laughs> yeah. And that was that. So what about you then? So you, I, you, I saw you played Titanicus twice. I did play Titanicus twice. I was just thinking about that, um, that, uh, Hellblaster squad, to be honest. Um, it, it uses a banner that I don't know the name of. I should have looked it up, but we only had a couple of hours this morning since we got home, um, last night. But it's, um, it allows a, a, a member of a unit to fire one last time before they die. Now, on the surface, that doesn't seem like a big deal, but when you stick it in the middle of that wretched Hellblaster unit, I shot one of them and killed it with my Inceptors, and it promptly gunned down two of my Reavers. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. That's four wounds taken off of... It's two Reavers out of a squad of five. It's a, it's a significant chunk gone. Yeah, because um, the thing is, they're always going to overcharge, aren't they? Because there's, they're dead already. Yeah. And I found... um. I find that I, I, I call it kicking the nuts rules. I really hate kicking the nuts rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't. Yeah. It's nothing to do with like the person using them. I just think that they are. I they 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 sort of scratch an irritation part of my brain, which I don't. I just don't like. It's the fair play part of my brain, I think. But I don't like it. I, I really don't. I mean, it's, it's there's almost like. Oh, that is a rule designed to really get up someone's nose. <laughs> but could you imagine the potential of that stuck in a Devastator unit? And the last thing it does is Laz Cannon, you know, your Land Raider and take it off the table. The potential of that really winding you up is is quite phenomenal. Um, I I didn't find it all that pleasant, losing two Reavers to it. And I just... I mean, it's a good unit. There's no two ways about it. I I'm not a good rules rulesy kind of list writer i don't i wouldn't have seen that as a potential really might have read it and thought oh that's not too bad but my brain doesn't go oh, what would happen if you stick that in a unit of hell blasters um they're or, really good hell blasters dude i um, i've been thinking of I, getting another five painted up <laughs> yeah well i charge i was trying to charge them because yeah. i'm worldiers and that's how i got i got a good what i've got to do to kill stuff and um it was just brutal. It was brutal. I had, there was three of them up on top of a building. Um, but by that point, my dark apostle and one guy from a squad of, um, world eaters was the only one left. Yeah. And I, I, they gunned me both. They, they gunned both down with overwatch. You know, I, I just was like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. It's, 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 um, but it's at the end unit. of the day, if I hadn't have been gunned down, I would have cut them up. So it is what it is, isn't it? Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's a banner that I will probably be looking at. Uh, I don't often look at the banners, to be honest. So I'm going to be looking at them and really looking through them and, and getting to terms with them because um, all of those details. This is one of the things I was, I was talking to um, uh, the chap from Warhammer. And because he, he was laughing that I played about six different games, six different sets of rules, and so sort of, yeah, it's, it's easy being the jack of all rules, but the master of absolutely none of it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's true. I, I can play any game, 
that Games Workshop makes. I've, I've, I know the basic rules for all of them, but I'm just rubbish at all of them. Uh, <laughs> I don't know the nuances at all, at all, um, <clears throat> because I don't have time to plough through my Space Wolf book and pick out the banner that does something like that, or find the rules that do, or even go to the forums and read about it, because I'm busy learning the next set of rules that comes out, so I've just had to learn Titanicus. Um, yeah. Which is ace, by the way, but I, th- I think it's it's a struggle to... I th- you end up sort of preparing for the next thing, yeah, rather than feeling like you've got it sorted. Mm. But you know, I suppose that's you know, it keeps keeps you interested, doesn't it? It keeps you challenged and looking forward to finding things. And um, but what it does mean is when you play a, a, a friendly game against someone you've known for ages, and he pulls out something like that, you're just like, I didn't even see that coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And well, just... we've we've um, been fortunate enough. Martin Morin has contacted us to ask us if we'd like to play on Warhammer TV. Um, and which is ace. That's really, really nice of him. So we've got to uh, get back to him with our sort of our preferences and times we might be available and stuff. But we're thinking 40k, aren't we? Yep. <clears throat> because it feels like the corn versus what space wolves is a classic two peas matchup. Um, that should should be undertaken. So we're both going to be. Painting, painting our armies. Uh, painting and <laughs> tweaking uh, our amulets. Tweaking and I'm going to try and play a bit more, to be honest, because uh, just yeah. to make sure that I know what on earth I'm doing. Um, which is why I'm doing the Hell Drake, because I want, I just want something that moves a bit faster, to be honest. Yeah. Something to harass. That's why I want that. Yeah. Uh, I've that's got the Hell Drake locked in. It's on my list of things to have to deal with. <laughs> well, if I get it done and it's not too bad, as I said, I'm going to try and have two. Um, just two Hadrakes. Check that's on the list. Yeah, put that on the list. Yeah. <laughs> um. So got to, got to think about this. So, um, let's talk a little bit about Titanicus then, because obviously we've spoken about it a lot and our excitement around it coming out, and then our excitement around getting the models. Um, and you've really gripped it and and got a load of stuff painted, and then you played twice at the weekend. So. Three well, times. How did you find it? Three times, three times, did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. three times. There we go. So, um, I haven't had anyone to play down here, so I would have been sort of coercing somebody who wasn't interested into playing it, but played Tom three times this weekend and, um, absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, it's a completely different kettle of fish to any of the other games in that it's actually interesting. And was the first mission we played was to just get two warlords, stick them the opposite ends of the table, and and uh, move them around a bit and shoot at each other. Uh, and I found that even just sort of standing off from each other and shooting was interesting. Yeah. Probably not interesting to watch, and certainly not interesting to read in the White Dwarf, and um, very much not. I should not expect interesting to. Sort of stand at the table side and watch someone play. But when you're actually managing your Titan and you're trying to work out how to vent the plasma and, and, uh, which weapons you're going to use and whether you're going to use your weapons because they're going to push your reactor a little bit too much. It's quite engaging. It really is. <laughs> um, and every dice roll that you're making can sort of lead to the other one getting the edge. So yeah, I really liked it. 
I'm glad you liked it. I'm I'm glad as well that you got some of the other Titans done as so that you had a bit of variety. Yeah, so game two we added in the Reavers and the Warhands. Um and then game three we added in uh the knights. So the the banners to see what they did. So um learnt some things about so the Titans are tough, big time. They can take a lot of punishment. Game two most of my titans were firing at... Well, so my Reaver and my Warlord were firing at his Warhound, which just weathered it. Um, I don't know how. Tom slightly fluky rolling as part of it, but it, it did take the damage. I mean, it ended up getting destroyed in the end, but it was enough to distract you for... A, a, you know, turn of firing, not firing at the bigger titans is is quite a loss. Yeah. Um, so that you know, was quite good fun. Um, playing that, but they really got tasty when you started to add the knights in. They added a whole new dimension to things. So, they on their own, they can't do anything, but they distract you and they irritate you. And in close quarters, they can target wherever they want and bypass your shields. Um, so, they're, they're quite vicious, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting you're talking about knights, because we're going to get um the night lancers are coming out aren't they they're going on pre-order on and i'm getting them saturday yeah um i mean seriously in close quarter combat once you've got them pinned down if you get the charge you could if they've got a dedicated close combat weapon that's anything over strength eight they're gonna hurt yeah they're really gonna hurt yeah i definitely want to get them because i'm keen to really focus on the knights um and limit the number of Titans I have um, in Titanicus. But um, I read today that they're gonna, they're not going to come with their command terminal. You need to buy that separately. Um, or that's going on pre-order separately. So I'll be interested to see if that actually does come to pass. Um, well, that would make sense, because I'm expecting the Night Terminal pack to be a pack of different Night Banners. Yes, yeah. So that yeah, you would you'd get the pack of different night banners and use those. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd, I'm not too fussed about that, to be honest. I, I wouldn't expect them to put a sheet of card in with every every different box. They've never done well, that. Well, no, because you wouldn't you wouldn't need it, would you, for no. everyone necessarily? And I, I'm I'm fine with that kind of stuff, to be honest, um, because you know I, I didn't have enough of the cards, for example, to to have a card for all of the six titans I had yesterday so i had to go and buy the little decks um but once you've got all those you know you're either going to play titanicus or you're not so you either need all of the gubbins or you don't yeah that's what it comes down to yeah if if i'm going to have more than two more than one reaver i need to buy the pack of reaver cards so that's what i've done and um i think there's going to be it's going to be quite exciting to if they do like a night card box with um to see what knights are going to, you know, on the horizon. Are going to be in there, yeah. yeah. I would be slightly disappointed if it was a card box for like a tenor and it only had those Questorus ones in or whatever they're called. The, the Lancers. That would yeah. be a bit frustrating, but I can't see them doing that. So. Well, we shall see, won't we? We'll know soon enough. One um, of the things I have noticed is that it could get quite... If there was two of you sharing the same kit... You could very quickly run out of the pips that you use for the command terminals. Oh yeah. So if you if you had three titans um, and say two or three house banners, you could I think you could rapidly run out of the pips. 
and I haven't seen anywhere they sell them separately. The thing is, though, to be honest, if you're going to play Titanicus, the rules box is only £35. Yeah, but you don't want to buy a second rule box to have... um... But you just said if two of you are sharing, you're going to run out of the pit. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, say say someone came over to my house. Oh, I'd, I see, right. Yeah, do you see what I'm saying? So, um, yeah. I, I'd quite like another way of buying the pips. I can see they're easy to make enough. I mean, I could, you could cast them up if you really wanted more, I suppose, but um, or make your own. But but I, I don't know being able to buy that plastic sprue with all the gubbins on and the you know the the turn thingies would for something less than 35 quid would be a bit more would be useful i guess be interesting to see how much the command terminals cost separately well, i can't remember because you yeah, might actually find that they don't come with the they don't come with the pips in no no i know that but if the the rules box comes with two command terminals for warlord two for reavers and two for warhounds Plus weapon cards. Uh, yeah, which... it might be cheaper to get a second rules box. Yeah. Let's see what yeah. you're saying, yeah. Yeah, that's where I'm going with that. Um, the thing is, the command terminals come with a lot of them. There's like four, I think. Oh, right, okay. So if you've got a command ter- ter- terminal for war warlords, you would never need another war. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, so yeah. I, I really enjoyed it, to be honest. Um, there's, I'm looking forward to loads of stuff that's hinted in the book that, that I, I could do as a hobby project. So one of them was like, um, there's rules to destroy buildings and rules for stray shots that are optional, but sound fantastic. So, um, essentially what they're saying is you could have like a big urban battlefield with like loads of skyscrapers and buildings and you would build two two pieces of scenery for each piece of scenery so one constructed and one just a pile of rubble yeah and then you you play you know as if you're going into the city and you know your titans would be the other end of the board from each other and they wouldn't be able to see each other so you, you you'd be destroying the buildings to get to them and if you missed you would destroy a building as well so you'd end up like starting with this cityscape and finishing with just rubble <laughs> i just think it sounds fantastic <laughs> it could be really good. Um, with the knights sort of wandering around in between and, and sort of getting there first and scouting things out. The other thing that Tom and I was talking about was playing it a lot like battleships would be quite good fun as well. So if you trusted the person you were playing against, so I hate to say this, but might not be good for like competitive play, but certainly would if you're playing your mates, not telling them what you were doing. So hiding your command terminals so they didn't know how damaged your you know, your Titans were, unless they were keeping track themselves. Um, yeah. So you'd have to sort of guess where you were aiming at and thinking, I think I hit his head a couple of times. And you know what I mean? So it was a bit, bit like battleships in a way. So you were having to yeah, yeah, I think, like think a little bit more about it. Um, and the orders as well. So hiding the orders that you've given to your Titans. So you, you would, it would surprise them like it would surprise you in reality. Um, all of those kind of things we, we were, thought would be really quite a cool sort of extra step to take the game. So you were, it, because a lot of it is about manoeuvring your vehicles and, and those sort of commands. And because, for example, in the last game, he'd hit my reaver everywhere and it was damaged everywhere. And if he'd managed to focus his fire on one place in the reaver, it would have been dead 
twice as fast. So, you know, if you if he had sort of planned it a little bit better, he'd have been able to take it out a little sooner. It didn't stop him from beating me in the end, but <laughs> yeah, it's a really well, tough. I'm, yeah, I'm looking Sorry. forward to it. I I need to. Well, when I I can crack on with what I've got, I suppose. Although, I say I'm going to be focusing on my 40k. I want basically. I'm really happy with where my Age of Sigmar corn army is from a painting point of view and the units I've got available. And I want to do the same now for 40k. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to focus on next. And then at yeah, some point I'll do some Titanicus. <laughs> talk about my Age of Sigmar in a minute, but um, I'm in a similar place. I've got lots of half-finished armies, really. Cool. Anything else, mate, that you'd like to cover while we are in this grim and dark galaxy? Is there anything that's sort of previewed that we haven't talked about on the last podcast? Um, I don't think so. We got Blackstone Fortress. Um, that's dominated oh, everything, the, really, hasn't it? It has, but but it is the Vigilus. Is it Vigilus? Vigilus? Vigilus weekender yeah. this coming weekend. Yes, it um, is. Yeah. So I'm sure I am absolutely convinced we are going to see some amazing stuff. Yes. Hopefully not before Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Well, oh, it will. It'd be interesting though. I it'd be it would seem odd not to put it before Christmas, just because you'd be worried that people would then not buy stuff for Christmas because they were waiting for whatever they've seen at Vigilus. But we will see. Um, I'm very excited, but and we'll obviously do some posts about it over the weekend as it as it comes along. Yeah, it's exciting, cool. isn't it? I'm, it is, I'm hoping yeah. for a whole new set of Primaris stuff. Yes, and I'm hoping for a whole new set of Chaos stuff. And I think, to be fair, both of us could well be happy. Like, both things are equally likely to happen, aren't they? Well, they've sneak-peeked a couple of very chaosy looking shenanigans... And um, and it is about time the Primaris had their second wave, really. So, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Although I can hear the whinging already. <laughs> More space breeds. Yeah. Well, you just got buggies. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. All right, so okay. let's do it. So let's go into the mortal realms. Hi guys, and welcome... Skulls! Oh wow. It's going to be one of those segments. Isn't yeah, it? I'm, I'm... Yeah. I'm, I'm a <laughs> when it comes to Age of Sigmar. So, okay, let's talk about Skulls. Let's talk about how long your bloodthirster lasted on the first game you played this weekend. Yeah, so uh, we Dan and I shook hands at the beginning of turn two. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, love it. His uh, wonders I, um, are filthy though. Pardon? So. His wanderers are filthy, though. Well, they're, so they're very effective. Um, and I'm really pleased because they're not one of the new things. They're not super up to date, all the rest of it, but he makes them work. Um, and he yeah. tinkers with them and he tries different things and it's really good. It's really good. Um, well, it's worth saying it's a mixed orders list now, isn't it? Mixed yeah. Order he's list. moved it to mixed order now. So he's got Celestial Hurricaneum and he's got a, a flying Phoenix thing that can't be killed ever it seemed like and um 
Despite all that, the thing that really hurt me was his Way Watchers. Oh, those, yeah. <laughs> mean. <laughs> oh, those. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those. Um, yeah. So, um, it's good. Seeing as, uh, you've made me admit to the, my utter failure. <laughs> I'm going to talk about my games first, um, and you can wait. So, <laughs> I um, played Dan first. We played, I can't remember what the mission was we played. It was the one where you can burn your own um, objectives. And I set up, and Dan set up, and then I ran across the table into him, killed a few, and then died, which is what I do every single time. Um I always just decide that I've got to run across the table as fast as possible, um, which I need to not do. Because, uh, yeah, I lost very quickly because essentially, because you can shoot into combat in Age of Sigma, and Dan had set up a really, he set up really well and effective defense with his witch elves. Um, you don't, you're not protected by getting to the enemy. Um, no, I yeah, I found that really hard actually. Yeah, and I know I should know that I've played enough to know that, uh, and so and I lost my bloodthirster and my bloodletters straight away because his entire army was able to target them. Um, the the um, celestial hurricane can deal between three and eighteen mortal wounds um, in a turn, so that was effective, as you would imagine. Uh, as well as doing a load of shooting and all the other gubbins. So he played very well. Um, but we did play a game yesterday, once I was um, able to see straight. And um, <laughs> we, it was a much better game. So Dan still won. Uh, we played um, Places of Arcane Power, I think it's called. So there are three objectives, but you can only score them with a guy that's a wizard, someone with a wizard keyword, or someone holding a an artifact. Um, so for me, that was my bloodfurster with a doppelganger cloak and my uh, blood stoker who had a talisman of um, burning blood, I think it's called. Um, and they both died and I didn't get any points. But we did play till turn four, so I doubled my length of game which was good. <laughs> and despite having deployed first, I, I let Dan go first, which I've never done before. And that was quite interesting, really, because there wasn't a lot he could do because of the distance between us and the range of his shooting. Um, it's a shame, really. I, I, I still deployed my blood letters right at the front, and I shouldn't have because they got... It meant that he was able to get some pot shots with his Waywatcher, killed six of them, or killed five, and one ran away. And it was just unnecessary. It didn't need to have happened. Um, yeah. And again, I I got carried away yet again, uh, and just threw my blood letters forward. And I think I just overestimated what damage I thought they could do. They got an amazing move. They because because of my command ability, they were able to run and charge, and they went thirty four inches in one turn, um, yeah. which is a long way. But when they got there, they didn't really kill anything vital um, at all, which which was a bit of a shame. Um, set up my 
banner right at the back of the board this time because I didn't need to be any further forward for the objective. So overall, I was much happier with how I played and I feel like I've got a list and I've got an army and I've got the stuff painted to be effective. Um, and yeah. now it's just yeah. learning to use it properly. And I probably need to branch out really and try and play some other people because Dan and I, we both will always say, you know, we, we, I always play Wanderers and therefore probably overly focus on the importance of defending against shooting and, and certain things like that. And Dan always plays corn. So he, apart from, you know, we do play, he has played Tom a bit with Stormcast actually, to be fair, but it just means it's quite similar. Yeah. Um, yeah. And while we were up there, I was contemplating doing something different, uh, maybe starting uh, Fire Slayers or Caradron Overlords came into my head and even Flesh Eater Courts came into my head at one point. But now's not the time, really. I, I need to focus on the 40k project and also just play. Enjoy playing with a painted army that is the army I'd like to have. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I'm loving Age of Sigmar right now. Um, really excited about Age of Sigmar. Really hope that some of the stuff like Kill Team and what have you that we've seen for 40k comes to Age of Sigmar and I'm sure it will at some point and um, yeah so what about you dude you got your Oryx out I did, I love my Oryx army it's my favourite army because um, I spent so much time painting them, when I get them out I feel really really happy with them Yeah. Um, and I love playing with that that kind of army where you're you're like, yeah, this is the best I've done. This is my best army. It looks ace, mate. I, it really does. That more Crusher is just incredible. Such presence on the table. Yeah. I really ought to stick him to the base, but I think he probably, he's probably safer not stuck to the base, to be honest. <laughs> but um, I don't really care how my, my armies perform a lot of the time. Um, and with the Orcs, I can I can sort of relax a little bit because I, I do the same thing every time, which is what you do which is charge yeah but that's what oryx do that's what they're supposed to do um and they love getting in a scrap but they are really tough yeah. um I, I have i i find in myself changing my mind a lot about the units though so i was big into gore grunters i love gore grunters um and their charge is fantastic but it's not at the same time so i'll give you an example um you have to charge i think it's over eight inches to get the extra attacks that they get from charging, but that's quite a risk, really. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's harder than average, isn't it? And so I end up sort of quite often playing it safe and trying to get them closer so they definitely make the charge because I don't want them stuck in the open. They are tough with five wounds each, and using the battalion I use, I get an extra two wounds for the, um, for the, you know, boss, Gorgrunt, a boss. Um, so that's quite, they are quite a tough unit, but. I often find, and I have found every time I've used them, that when they charge, in my mind, you know, mountains are going to crack asunder and, <laughs> you know, there's going to be reeling units of half-unconscious elves wandering around the place, wondering what's happened. I uh, like the scene from Saving Private Ryan where the guy's wandering around looking for his arm. Um, but it never happens, ever. They just sort of hit, do like four or five, six kills and... And then get sort of stuck in combat for the rest of the game. Yeah. Which I find really frustrating because they're a charging unit and I want them to be bashing through one unit and then smashing through another and, you know, body parts flying everywhere. But 
that doesn't happen. Have you got any way um, to increase their charge? Just like any bonuses to their charge? Just thinking about that, what you were saying about needing to charge eight inches. Well, I haven't looked at it yet. Is the honest answer. I haven't. Well, you know what I'm like. I'm not. I don't go through all of the stuff and try and fiddle that kind of things. I don't have. When I get time to do hobby, I end up painting rather than doing that. But I think I need to because that would be a to try and get that extra charge distance um, to help with that that you know extra charge bonus. But I'm finding points points value wise. I'm looking at them and thinking, do I really need more of those? When I find that the Ard Boys really punch well above their weight, I think they're a superb unit. They've got two wounds each. They've got, you know, four plus armor save. Um, they, they've got axes in there with a rend of minus one. Um, so they can carve through some heavily armored units reasonably easy. Um, they've got a, a bucket load of attacks if you choose the, uh, the, you know, two weapons. And with the shield, they can sort of weather mortal wounds as well. So I, th- I, th- I think they've, I do think they're great. Um, and a lot cheaper, a lot cheaper. So, I don't know. I'm looking at the army now and thinking, rather than getting more Gorg Runters, or I'm going to be looking at doing more Ard Boys or more Brutes, yeah. something like that. Um, but the more Crusher was everything I hoped it would be. Just smashed <laughs> into everything and just everything died. It was fantastic. It was wonderful. <laughs> I nearly stood on a, stood on a, on a stool and shouted wire at the top of my lungs because it was just like, yeah, have that, you pointy-eared git. <laughs> so good. Um, and what I found was that, and, and Dan said, if I'd used it differently, because it's the first time I used it, so I didn't really know how to use it. If I'd have just power drived it up the middle, it would have been a different game. That would have been a different game completely, because we were playing knife to the heart. Yeah. And I could have just smashed him off the objective in turn one. It was a great bit where I'd left my second mega boss sort of standing around my objective, because I thought he's reasonably tough. And I quite like, because my objective was a cave, I quite like the idea that he lived there. So he was sort of standing at the front, the front door. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm that kind of player. And, um, he sort of, he sent this shard of Tenebris or t- uh, Tenebrial, yeah, yeah. whatever it's called, over to try and deal with him. And he just sort of weathered the attacks and then battered this dude into orbit. I was like, see you later, elf boy. <laughs> so good. Yeah. It's a great, it was a great game. Really enjoyed it. And on the board, it was stunning. Really looked nice. Um, but it's a difficult board to play on. It's like you said, you know, there's, there's kind of set piece boards that they have are, are superb. Um, but they are, they can be challenging to play on because the surfaces are all a bit uneven and, um. Yeah, that's actually like going back. I know we've discussed this a few times previously, but that's something I'm considering when I'm approaching all my scenery moving forward is, so once upon a time, I used to love putting rubble and all sorts in on terrain but now i'm not so sure just from a playability point of view yeah having a flat surface do you remember right back in second edition when games workshop used to have like scenery pieces where they'd like left gaps for models to sit on like they clearly never be used in a game (laughs) like like cliff faces with like a they'd be like an elder stuck halfway up on a on a ledge yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was just to display the models. It was great. I loved it. Yeah. I always just to look at it and think, "Oh, I really love something like that." And then be like, "Well, how would you use it in a game?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I, yeah, I can think of exactly the. There was an awesome like cave thing that they did. Um, 
out of polystyrene and like you were able, there was like a like steps going up one side of it and stuff but yeah it wouldn't have been <laughs> particularly functional so I, i'm um i'm probably going to look at expanding well i would hope to expand my angels but i'm plan wise for age of sigma i'm going to be i'm really looking forward to the moon face glots and um I'm planning to do those once I've got my space walls done. Yeah, you know, when I've got the army that I'm, I'm happy to play you with, I'm going to put those to the side again for a little bit because, like, like your corn, my space walls are the ones I keep coming back to and adding little bits to. Yeah, um, and painting wise, that's going to be a challenge because I, I think I do things slightly differently now than when I did my primaris, but that's another story for another day. Um, but it's grots in the new year. I'm sure of it. I'm absolutely positive. So I'm going to be expanding the grot part of my destruction army. So I might be looking at building a mixed destruction list rather than an iron jaws list and using the iron jaws as like the elite element in a in a larger army. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, the problem is that iron jaw units are only battle line when they're an iron jaw army. Yeah. Which can get really difficult. But I wondered, for example, what would have happened if I'd have stuck a massive unit of 40 grots out in front of, you know, or waddling up behind the orcs, and then because <laughs> they can, they, they're surprisingly effective grots if you don't pay them attention. I think that's their benefit because you know when they're in a mob, if you haven't whittled them down before they've got to you, and he'd been focusing on my my orcs, then uh, he'd have had to deal with the sneaky gits rules where you get extra. It's easier to wound because there's lots of you. Yeah, um, and that can be that. That's a I've, the times I've used that against people, they've really struggled with it because they've been focusing on the Aurochs because they're really worried about the Aurochs and think, oh, they're little goblins, they're not going to do anything, and then found that they're big units of blood blood warriors have really struggled because they're being wounded really easily because they're outnumbered five to one, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um, i tell you what, I realised for my blood warriors, which, if you are a corn player, I'm really sorry because you'll find... That- a lot of my realizations are obvious. Um, but if I, I've got the ability to give them plus one to their armor save. Uh, and I can do that. Uh, well, in the list I've been, ta- I've, I've settled upon, I can do it twice in a turn. So plus two. But hmm. if you roll a six plus when taking an armor save with a blood warrior, um, you do a mortal wound to the enemy. But of course, with a plus two, that becomes a four plus. So it's quite funny. Dan charged into my blood warriors with his witch elves, and um, <laughs> there were six of them, and they did a flurry of attacks. But they don't get, they don't have any ren. So what happened was, I killed five of them in return just from my armor saves. Um, Amazing. Yeah, I liked that. So that's definitely some consideration. Uh, to be done. I find Blood Warriors very quick to paint. Yes, you did. Comparat- yeah. Comparatively to uh, the Blood Reavers. The Blood Reavers took a lot longer. Um, yeah. Well, that's all the skin in it. I need to do some more Blood Reavers. I'd like to do 20 with double-handed axes, just because I think it'd be nice for a bit of variety. And also because my Blood Reavers are quite of the moment that I painted them, which is about three or four years ago. Um, well, this, this is what I was saying what I wanted to say earlier about uh, on I mentioned about my space walls is that with your corn armies um they are a long term project 
And you're in a stage in your painting where you've made massive advances over the last three years. Like, it's it's really significant, the difference between those whirly, swiggy dudes with the big chains. <laughs> Rathmungus. The, <laughs> the Rathmungus and your your Blood Reavers, they're, they're, they're significantly different. Yeah. And it's not just that you've chosen to do extra details on the on the Rathmungus, that the basics that you've done are better executed. So it's, it's an army where I think you were absolutely right to make the decision not to go back and find like all of the brass on your Blood Reavers because they are, to use your words, of the moment. They're what you were doing at the start. And in 10 years' time, you'll have corn units which are significantly better than your Wrathmongers. And and that's that's the that's your hobby journey. And your corn army, I feel, will be your hobby journey army. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... I, f- I can see that my iron jaws being the same, or my destruction being the same, because you know you you move forward through things, don't you? And and you can see, I suppose with with something like the iron jaws, I could just do a different color, you know, a different war band or something. Yeah. But with the um, with your corn, I think that that's something that I I'm glad you've accepted. Is what I'm looking for. Because I, I know it would have bothered you for years. Yeah. <laughs> if you hadn't come to the terms with it. Yeah. Well, I think it helps that by having a consistent basing scheme, yeah. it makes the overall look of the army still hold together. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's good. It's when you decide to change your basing scheme <laughs> in about three years' time and you've got like 600. <laughs> I'm obsessed with snow. I just base everything in snow, I think, moving forward. And that's why I've stopped asking you what I should do with basing. What? Because every time you just say snow. <laughs> I tell you what I did see this weekend that surprised me. Um, there was a Caradron Overlord's army in the display cabinets um, in the exhibition. And um, they had used the uh, Games Workshop Shattered Dominion bases on it. Yep. Um, and they looked a lot better. Like they'd They'd sort of put little leaves and a little bit of grass and stuff on there. And it, they looked a lot better than I I think they look when you just see them just painted. Yeah. Um, well, it's adding a bit of realism to them, a bit of texture. Yeah. I think it makes a, the world of difference. Yeah, absolutely. So um, that, that made me consider those for a future project um, when I... When I decide to do a future project in Age of Sigmar, but for now it's uh, it's obviously just going to be corn because corn. Oh, it's a cycle with you, isn't it? You go through this phase where you're like, oh, you know, I would like to paint something different, or I'd like to do a different army to mix things up a bit, and then almost like with the same certainty that the moon will come around this planet, you're back to corn. <laughs> yeah, that's because I always yeah. come back to the best. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> cool. I, did, I would like to join to, to still like to do that joint army uh, and I know so we're, we're, I'm gonna... we're thinking about Caradron Overlords and Fire Warriors between the two, we haven't really made our mind up but... Yeah, I'm still a bit nervous because I think you I think firstly we paint in two very different ways and also you paint better than me <laughs> so I'm like I just want to make sure it all ties in that's all well, we can sit down and do it together to start with. Yes. And then go away and do bits separately. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, 
Anything more to say about the Mortal Realms, dude? Uh, no, because there hasn't been any releases this um, announced about it, other than we got this uh, Wrath and Rapture coming up. So nothing. I'm new sure there. there'll be some what? suitable excitement. One of the things I will say is I have gotten um, I caught up with uh, the Night Haunt, not Night Haunt, Night Vault um, gangs. Oh yeah. Oh my days, the models. <laughs> if the if the goblins in that are an indication, I'm just I'm just grabbing them off myself, are an indication of what we've got coming. I am so excited that it's hard to contain myself, frankly. <laughs> I mean, they're they're stunning. The the net is a is a work of art. Yeah, it's you got said little to mushrooms me about that, actually, in there. That you, you said the net was excellent. It's so three dimensional and so fine, and uh, it's really good. And the little squigs. I love squigs, man. Squigs are so awesome. <laughs> and there's little mushrooms everywhere. The little details, like, all over the place. Like, there's mushrooms stuck in the net. Is that? Yeah, and the pot of mushrooms hanging off the, the loop. And there's one of the mushrooms. archers has got... I do, but I don't know why I like them on goblins. I just think they fit. <laughs> there's a There's a goblin with a mushroom hat. <laughs> I just, I just, I just think it's, I just think it's amazing, and it's not just the goblins. The others are really good too. The night horn, the night horn in person, is uh, so nice, so nice. And like I thought, the um, the stormcast are better in person too. Um, I haven't had really had a look at the Zinchi ones because they make my skin crawl. <laughs> um. But oh, I'm so looking forward to the the Trogoth and the uh, the Dark Oath. Oh yeah, really excited about those. Now I am because they look great in the pictures. So in person, they're going to be blinding. Mm. I hope it's not the other way around. That would really gut me if I get the Dark Oath models and they're like these don't look as good as the pictures. Oh, that's not going to. When has that ever happened? Well, it might be the first time. No, don't be silly. Don't be silly. So, um, moving on from um, Water Realms, let's go and have a little chat about community. Let's go and natter about all those wonderful community peeps that are out there. Hail to our mighty community. Um, Really good to see Tom from um tales of the underhive up at warhammer world uh that was ace yeah he's a dude yeah it was great really really great really good of him to travel up an uh, hour and a half he traveled um to see us which was great and uh we saw ed as well which was cool um number of guys aiden and max from the heavy metal team got to catch up with them which was nice so yeah it's been it's been really good and the mighty so, baz oh and of course mighty baz yes goes without saying um so wonderful to see some people so um we normally start out with events no um, shout outs shout outs yeah yeah shout outs we normally do shout outs don't we so dude um do you want to do yours from instagram to start with yeah i've got a few outside of instagram as well but yeah let's just do instagram first so i've got two um yeah let me just bring them out so the first one is klein I'm afraid this guy's got a French name, so if I destroy it, I'm very sorry. Klein Guillaume, um, who is Brenos50 on um, Instagram. 
and he has got some lovely work on his page. Um, but the one that caught my eye um, was a Stormcast um, Knight in Cantor, and um, he's he's modelled it so he's picking up rocks with his staff and sort of sweeping them around him to th- to sort of throw them at the enemy. Um, oh yes, I think I remember you sending this to me, and uh, I it's I, really good. It's not only is it a great idea, but it's it's really superbly executed, and the um, the metal work on there is fab, and the cloth looks lovely. Um, it's just a really nice model that turns it's turned a really nice model into something even more of a presence, and I really like it. Um, on the goblin theme, he's got some great goblins, dude. Um, yeah. Not, not Games Workshop models, um, but like other goblins on his page. Um, that I really like, and uh, he's got a, quite a nice, unique Night Haunt theme army on there as well, in red and red and blue, which is which is also pretty cool. Um, which is where I probably picked him up in the past, actually, because when I was looking at themes for my Night Haunt. But yeah, lovely painter, lovely tones, um, and well worth checking out. Um, so that guy is Brenos underscore fifty with two N's in the middle of that. The second one um, is a chap that. Uh, is a Golden Demon uh, winner, so probably um, a lot of people already know him, but he's called Olmo Castrillo, and he's done uh, a fantastic Blood Angels recently that just jumped out of Instagram and slapped me around the side of the face. Um, and I'm not a massive <laughs> Blood Angels fan, um, but I, I love well-painted... I love the look of Blood Angels when they're, when they're painted in a specific way. It can be a bit 50-50 with them, really, but this guy's got like a shiny rich red um that very much reminds me of how gareth nicholas used to paint his blood angels and you know that yeah. one wonderful diorama with all the blood angels on the hill that he did that just blew my mind but yeah absolutely love it um so he's definitely one to catch up with um you probably already follow him if you're on instagram to be honest and like miniatures but almo castrillo miniatures with underscores between them will get you to see him so that's my Instagram shout-outs of the day. Um, I'd like to give a special shout-out to a guy called Andy of the Eight, um, primarily because he's a Space Wolf, and all Space Wolves deserve to be lauded and sagged. Um, but um, he's he's been a great support to us over the, the, the last couple of months, um, and um, I'd just like to give a big shout-out to him and say thank you very much. Absolutely. Yeah, really nice. Really good of him, really. And you can cool. trawling our way to our standard drills, trawling our way through our, our um, hobby page, which is getting more and more busy. Thank you very much, guys. Loving it. Yeah, it's great. Um, you know, if you are listening and you're not part of that, please do join us. Um, what's really nice is we get a really broad range of uh, different abilities and ideas, uh, and everyone, you know, posts it up. And, and certainly Ben and I always try and give some feedback and comment, and lots of other people get involved as well. So that's really cool. Um, I have been trawling through there, but before I get onto that, I have, I have to, Ben reminded me of this, but, um, I have to do a shout out to Alec Burnside, um, in, and he posted into Games Workshop Army Painters the most flipping incredible Caradron Overlord ship ever. He's done like a frigate, um, out of, uh, two ironclad kits, two frigate kits, um, a model of the, um, Battleship Mikasa. Um, it's a Japanese warship from World War II. It's a Japanese warship from World War II. And um, uh, 
and also a load of Plasticard. And it just looks incredible. It just looks fantastic. Uh, absolutely fantastic. Um, really, really good. So definite shout out to him because I think that's bloody brilliant, to be honest. <laughs> um, and then in, into our own uh, hobby forum, I have to shout out to Brian Dennis because he has been doing some Blood Reavers of corn. So yeah. that definitely gets a shout out. Um, he said he was a bit worried or he was really looking forward to the paint and the skin, which I don't blame him for, but he's actually done a really nice job and he's done the, the sort of livid scarring as well on there, which is good. Um, so yeah, uh, they look better than, than mine anyway. So they're very cool. I like them a lot. Um, and a bit of a chaos theme. Sorry about that. Thomas Holmes, um, doing a frost heart phoenix, but corrupting it to Nurgle for some corrupt Sylvan F. Sounds good to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's a nice, <laughs> a nice project that. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. It's it's good and it's it's very. I always like to see um, people, you know, understanding that all the armies that aren't chaos are, are wrong and need to fall to chaos. So I think that's <laughs> excellent. Um, <laughs> absolutely, and, and also Matt Matthew as well put up uh, a couple of pictures of Space Marines that he'd done. Um, in a real nice red, red and white color scheme, and they look really gritty as well. So thanks, Matt, for sharing those with us. Um, so yeah, some good stuff on there. Um, of course, John is is always posting amazing terrain that he's working on. He's the most prolific hobbit, hobbit, hobbyist ever. Quite possibly ever, a hobbit too. But... He is quite possibly a hobbit. Uh, and Tony Rask got a fly man as well. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. No, that's yeah, yeah it's great. It's, yeah. So there we go. I got carried away there. Just start shouting out everybody, but there's some really good stuff. So it's got to be spoken about. Um, ben, did you have anyone other than in, on Instagram you wanted to? Anyone else on Instagram? Well, I could, I could shout out. No, for anyone our... else that you wanted to shout out that other than the ones we mentioned on Instagram? Um, not, no. Well, no. yes, okay, but cool. I could go on for hours. So I, I have to, I limit myself because, um, it's be <laughs> so... ridiculous. Okay, well, while I'm talking about Facebook, then, um, what I'll do is I will talk about the guys from Greetings from the Warp. Yeah. So this is a really cool, we've probably spoken about that before, um, but Greetings from the Warp is a really cool little online community. They do a bunch of events, uh, and they've just popped up their 2019 calendar, the draft, their first draft of it for next year. So a few things on there. So January the 26th and 27th, uh, they've got an ITC 1750 point championship for 40k. Um, so if you're into your, your ITC scene, there's a, a chance to do one of those. Um, it's quite cool. This is one I, I quite like the look of the 27, 28. Before April. we, before we move on, can we just clarify what ITC is? Cause I'm sure other people than me don't know what that is. <laughs> the ITC, which I cannot remember what it means, is like a, recognized tournament ranking system for 40k around the world right okay um, cool yeah i believe that they are heavily involved with games workshop and their sort of design their their team do all the playtesting and stuff for yeah cool. for um match play um so yeah in april uh 30k 3000 point age of darkness missions mm. so april 27th 28th so 
I've done a 30k event before, really enjoyed it. 3,000 points is a great size for 30k because it lets you play with some cool stuff. And because the weapons are all so big and massive, everything dies quickly anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, so that looks good. Uh, June, <laughs> I won't be going to that, unfortunately. Uh, the date's still to be confirmed. So Age of Sigmar 2000 point tournament um, in there. And then September again to be confirmed on the date. This is the second ITC event of the year for them October another 3000 point Age of Darkness one and um, an open play weekend in November so lots going on from those guys and it's worth looking them up on Facebook if you can um, because they're, they're it's quite active um, active they're nice guys um, nice guys yeah and their tournaments have from what I've heard I haven't been to one but their tournament feedback is very very good yeah absolutely Cool. Okay. So, um, Ben, you've got Terror Games and Curtain? Yeah. Well, it's just going to, moving on to our, uh, our standard calendar, actually, dude. So, um, what, what day is it today? The 19th of November? Yeah. 19th of November. Um, so standard Friday night kill team at, uh, Element Games, if you're up near that. And typically I'm finding that lots of people are running Friday night kill team stuff. So worth checking your local stores to see if they are. Um, at the weekend on the 24th, we've got Battlefields of Middle Earth 2, um, by Curtain Games, um, on this on Saturday the 24th. Uh, I'm really excited that they're starting to get Middle Earth stuff going. Um, really excited yeah. about that. Um, and, uh, up in Element Games, there's also the Grand Slam 40k tournament on the November the 24th too. And that lasts on to, um, the Sunday. Uh, Sunday is, Bigs kill team final for quarter one, um, which is awesome that actually that's starting to, you know, get some real momentum with the tournament scene on kill team actually. So that's quite cool. Um, and it's nice to see this being so supported by Games Workshop with people brandishing little medals and all sorts going around. So yeah, I'm really quite hoping that that carries on into the future. Um, so on the 28th of November, the curtain are running a Volts of Curtain. Uh, Underworlds t- tournament, uh, which is on a Wednesday, Wednesday night. Um, their, their Underworlds stuff is ace. Um, Marcus goes up all the time, loves it. Um, so if you're into the Underworlds st- game, so that'd be Night Vault or Shadespire, um, definitely worth looking up that one. Um, and then December the 1st, um, it's the Middle Earth Throne of Skulls, um, at Warhammer World, which is quite exciting. And I know a lot of people are really excited about that, including Ed, who we spoke about, we saw at the weekend. Um, so that's, that's definitely one to look out for if, if you're into Lord of the Rings. Uh, Kings of War tournament at Big. That's on the Saturday as well. And a really important event is Curtain Games fifth birthday party on December the 1st. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> so happy birthday to you guys. Um, if I'm feeling adventurous, I might bake your cake and send it up, but I wouldn't eat it. It's not worth it. <laughs> Give you food poisoning. <laughs> what uh, was the date on that one, mate? First of December. First of December. So they're also running a, a, a matched play, Kurt uh, Underwoods, on the weekend. So they're organised play. So it's offic- the official Games Workshop supported one, um, where you oh, get, cool. you know, you can win. If you win, you get the, you know, special cards and tokens and. Um, deck boxes, all that kind of gubbins that they send out to them. So that's quite yeah. cool. And um, there's Walksrobe, Walksrobe Redruth, 
uh, 40k organised event, and that's down at Barb's Modeling Games on the Saturday, the December the 1st as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, cool, it's only one week we've done. Quite busy, isn't it? Yeah, very. <laughs> uh, There's plenty going on out there if you want to get, you know, if you're looking to get involved in it, isn't there? And so, December the 8th, let's move a little bit forward. We've got the 40k Grand Tournament Heat 3. Saw some people prepping their armies for that at the weekend. One of them had five Kaitans. What? Yeah, three of them Kaitans and two, one Nightbringer and the other was the Jester dude. That's filthy, isn't it? Oh, you mean Catan? Catan, yeah. Catan. Yeah, I thought, <laughs> I was like, how can you fit five Kaitans? Well, similarly, similarly beardy, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah. Five five Catans. So, yeah, whoever faces that army, um, I think advanced apologies is probably <laughs> <laughs> Big's Mega Prize Showdown as uh, on uh, December the eighth as well. Um, what's that about then? Don't know. Oh, my internet's just not opening that out. Blood, Death, and Vengeance is a um, two thousand point Age of Sigma uh, tournament held by. Uh, Curtain Games, that's on the 8th of December too. And um, we've got Virtus 2018 La Arte de la Guerre Championship at Firestorm Games. So that's quite um, a big one, actually. They've got quite a lot of adverts out for that. So it's a historic game competition. So there we go. That takes us up to a couple of weeks. Um, there's loads going on guys you know um please check out our calendar have a look at it we try to keep it as up to date as possible but frankly there's so many people running so much awesome stuff that if you see something that you are going to or know about that isn't on there we would super appreciate you just giving us a heads up because um it takes a quite a lot of time to go through all of the places we know do events and keep it up to date so um the the more ears to the ground we have the better really, because um, we want the calendar to be useful for people. Um, so there we go. That's the events coming up. And that, um, I think that's everything from us about the community. Yes. Yes, it is this time. Um, yeah. So shall we move on into the wall? It is the wilds this week. Into the wilds. It is into the wilds. I just want to sing that. What's that? Who was singing the song Born to, the wild, Born to be Wild? I only even know it from Duke Nukem. I can never remember who <laughs> sings it. Born to be one. There we go. Before I embarrass myself further. <laughs> <laughs> See you in the wilds, dudes. Born to be wild. Hi guys, and uh, welcome to Into the Wilds, where we talk about all the other stuff which catches our imagination, um, piques our attention, all that kind of stuff. So um, this time we've got uh, a Kickstarter that we're really quite interested in um, by uh, a company called Fireforge Games, and the Kickstarter is called Forgotten World, and it's um, essentially it's a fantasy range of figures. It started off as undead versus humans. That the, the intention is to be universally available for or usable for um, fantasy battle games or um, role playing that kind of stuff. And um, I really like it. Yeah, the models look great. 
I really like it quite a lot. It's, they're very play it safe in the sense that there's nothing design wise that is, is hugely outside of the box. But I think that that really plays into their hands very well. So what they've done to start with is Northmen warriors that look like the army of Stark in a yeah. lot of ways. So <laughs> yeah. padded, padded jackets, spears, round shields, banners, um, a sort of, that sort of half Sally Helm, uh, fair, just really good looking men at arms models. And, mm-hmm. um, the box set is packed with cool stuff like, uh, um, multiple heads, multiple legs and body positions, but also little things like, uh, the bannerman's got his hand on his sword hilt, that, you know, there's little things like that, but, um, and there's a hand holding on to the scabbard as if he's just drawn a sword from the scabbard too. So, there's a lot, there's a lot in there. It's a great looking kit. And, um, I'm really excited about it because, um, it's so versatile. When you can play with some companies models for, uh, role playing or various things, they can look so distinctive that y- you can't help but think you're playing with empire models or you're playing with stormcast or whatever as, as your knight. But these are really, really good. At just being usable for just about anything, I think. Um, <laughs> They're brilliant, aren't they? I think it's the first time I've seen some miniatures and thought I would, wouldn't mind using them to create an Age of Sigma army, ones that weren't Games Workshop ones. Yeah, absolutely. They're really nice. Um, they kind of fit the, fit in the box for me that the Bretonian men at arms sort of did. They're, they're almost historical, but obviously not historical but could be historical but could easily be fantasy do you know what i mean they're yeah they're yeah. so versatile they're fantastic um and the range of stuff that they've got planned is brilliant so they've got the men at arms they've got the archers which look great um they've got um cavalry which i really like the look of uh, the horses i like the village rabble dude yeah i'm just getting to that <laughs> <laughs> they can be assembled in one of two different ways just as guys and gals doing their stuff in a village. So sweeping, planting stuff, just walking around with a scythe or whatever. But you can also make them as a rabble, like Dan said. So with all of their sort of farm equipment being used as a, you know, as a weapon. So I think it's really great. I think it's awesome. Yeah. And they're in scale with 28 mil heroics as well. So, pretty cool and i like the characters the zombies as well yeah well if you're into undead the the undead are really good aren't they yeah they're Um, really really good because they actually look like soldiers that have like risen again yeah like that they've got lots of elements in their design from the other men at arms stuff haven't they yeah so yeah and um, the undead villager dudes yeah. yeah really good isn't it so it's it's exciting. Um, the stuff that they've got coming out in the future, like the the druid and the characters, look really nice. I'm a big fan of the Aliard the Young Wolf, um, Alard, a- Alard the Young Wolf. He looks really good, especially on horseback. He looks brilliant. Um, but there's the I'm quite excited to see how it comes out. Really particularly like the look of the armored dudes later on. So um, they've just sort of hinted at them with work in progress, but they've got like. Um, breastplates on rather than padded tunics and like gothics gothic sally helms and yeah really excited about them 
Um, I have. It's the first Kickstarter that I've seen in a long time where I've looked at them and thought, you know what? I'm, I'm tempted. Yeah. Genuinely tempted. Um, I mean, the dwarves look great too. It's great. So anyway, yeah, we thought we'd just give them a shout out to if you guys want to go and have a look. They're the um, Forgotten World Fantasy Miniatures for War Games, and it's a Kickstarter project by Fireforge Games, which have got like a, a precedent for historical miniatures. So it's worth going and checking them out. Anyway, to be honest, they've also got a couple of like football teams, which I'm guessing they're aiming at Guild Ball by the look of it. The Amazon Smashers, yeah, is one of them. <laughs> so there you go. Um, that's them. That's we basically any- it, isn't it? That is basically it at the moment. Uh, other yeah, than to say, as we always tend to, or we always like to, firstly, thank you very much for listening. Uh, thank you to all of those who interact and comment on uh, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and YouTube now. Um, massive thank you as ever to our patrons. Um, really appreciate you guys supporting us in the way that you do. That's really good of you. Um, and if you... Uh, if you aren't in the hobby forum, please come across and post some cool stuff. Ben and I love to see it. Um, and, you know, get in touch as well. Yep, yeah, love to hear from you. Um, well, I handle on everything, just about everything, apart from YouTube, which is bizarrely complex in the way it handles some things. Um, it's at the Two Piece Podcast. So you'll find us if you put that into just about anything. Um, thanks for listening, guys. And um, we'll catch you in a couple of weeks. Indeed. Thank you very much. <laughs>